Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, Mona Me. This is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I want to formally invite you to come on and rock with me because today I am sharing some of the best wisdoms that I've learned and successfully use all the time for getting victories in my life. And this has come from writing over 40 books and putting what I've learned into practice for myself. So I've tried to make it as easy as possible by breaking it down into nine steps to obtain your victories. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. So stick with me on the flip and let's get into it. I'll see you soon. Hey there, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to go on and get into today's little chat that we're going to have because I'm excited that wisdom is unveiling uh, some new things. It's time for us to go out, be fruitful, and multiply. (laughs) So what we're going to be talking about, like I intimated in the uh, A part, is that we're going to be starting to plot our victories. So if you've been rocking with this podcast, you know that victory is something that we all want, but uh, we kind of have to go through a wisdom boot camp before we can even talk about it. And so if you haven't, I encourage you to go and check out some of the other podcasts that have hopefully uh, helped many to get to this point where now you're ready to start actively taking the proactive approach to getting your victories. So ain't nothing to it, but to get to it. So let's do it. All right. So how to plot and obtain your victories. The first thing I want to say is that the most accurate parts of gaining victories that I've learned in my recent past have come from learning to plot and write novels with a lot of action, adventure, uh, plot twist, uh, villains, and all of that. And so it comes down to this. I'm going to just give it to you up front. But of course, we got to have our conversation to give you an actual plan. So it comes down to these three components that are very broad and uh, um, will give you a summation of of what's involved. So to get victories, um, there's a hero or, or a heroine, which is going to be you. There's a talisman. Now, this talisman can be something tangible, or it can be a victory goal, it can be a status, it can be an award, whatever, you get the point. So the talisman, what is it that you're trying to get? And then there is a quest, oh yes. And that quest is going to be, what is the journey that's going to get you to where you are 
either able to obtain or you land at the victory, the, um, the, the treasure, whatever it is that you're going for. All right. So I want to give us some quick steps. I'm going to run through them and then I'm going to go back and give you some, uh, um, I'm going to expound on a few of them. Is that okay? All right. So the first thing is, is of course, start with the end in mind. Learn how to reverse engineer what it is that you want to get because, and if you are one of my writer friends listening, thank y'all. What you'll learn is that if you always try to start with, oh, I'm just going to write something, it doesn't always happen that way. And what you have to learn how to do is to embrace reverse engineering because it's always easier to edit something that exists than to create from a blank uh, page. So start with an end in mind. Now, Are you going to always end up with what you started with? Of course not. Most of the time you're not. But it's better to start with something and update it and edit it than to try to start and say, okay, I'm on a journey. Even when you are using a map, and we're going to talk about that, you'll find that it's better to have a journey and I mean, um, a destination in mind if you're not just along for the journey. And we're talking about victories here. We're talking about real goals that we want to obtain and make them realistic, okay? So the first thing is, is start with the end in mind. The next thing is, talking about maps, make the map full of rough terrain. You heard me. Do not dare pretend that life or the road even is only going to be a straight line from where you are to where you want to be. And yet and still, we we know that, but oh, we don't do that. All right. So the next thing is, is to plan for the plan to fail again and again. You heard me again and again and again. That does not mean that you don't know what you do, you're doing. And it doesn't mean that you're failing. It actually means the opposite. All right. The next one is plan on a budget. Yeah. Plan on having a budget. And then expand it. Mm -hmm. The next one is, is to create a contingency plan. You know, everybody always says have a plan B. I would say have a plan Z or for my loved ones across the pond, a plan Z. All right. The next one is, is then test proof, test uh, for a proof of concept. Too many times we just say, I got it now, and we go run it without giving ourselves the bandwidth, the leniency, if you will, and I think the grace. All right. The next one is to do the work. Mm-hmm. Do the work. And then the next one review your progress, your takeaways, and even your failures. And then the last one, and not necessarily the last one, but for the time that we have today, what we're going to cover is update and start again. All right, so we're going to take those. So if you're taking notes, thank you. Uh, But if you're taking notes, let me repeat those again. Start with the end in mind. Make the map full of rough terrain. Plan for the plan to fail again and again. Plan on a budget and then expand it. Create a contingency plan. Test for proof of concept. Do the work. Review progress, takeaways, and failures. And then update and start again. All right, so let's get into it. So thank you for sticking with me, y'all. This is going to be good. I promise you. All right, can y'all tell that I have missed you? If you're listening to this in real time, uh, you probably already know that uh, I... uh, 
have a, a little dance I tend to do with my allergies. And they decided to take me on a tango for the last week. And so, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to be able to talk with you, uh, not sneezing, not coughing, not uh, uh, runny nose, blurry eyes, and the sinus headaches and all of that. So uh, thank you so much for my ride or dies. Thank you for those people who send me messages like, you there? Is you there? <laughs> I love that. Anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. So the first one, start with the end in mind. Now, I've already said you want to reverse engineer. And it's one thing to tell you that. It's another thing to create a fully formed idea of what you want. Because if you've ever tried it, it's very hard. So the first thing I'm going to say, and that I've learned from writing a lot of books and currently writing books and uh, having to actually figure out a way to achieve what it is that I want my characters to achieve. Reverse engineering doesn't mean that you come with a fully formed idea of what you want. Instead, start with, when you're to reverse engineer, start with all the things you don't want. And I've, I've said this in other uh, podcasts that uh, when I used to be a therapist and, um, you know, a, a listener, an informed listener, and if you want, you know, to listen, you know, to people, um, it was really hard for people to get a, a sound grasp of what they wanted. Even when you took them through the, even when I took them through the Socratic method of questioning to get them down to something, they would a lot of times find and land on the fact that, wow, they didn't want what they thought they wanted. And so to cut to the chase, because we only have a half hour, y'all, to cut to the chase, to start reverse engineering, if it is not crystal clear, and that's going to be for a majority of people listening to this, start with what you don't want. It's kind of like when you are looking at how did Michelangelo create the David? He didn't try to just specifically carve out a fully formed David. No, he chipped away one chip at a time of what he didn't want, what he knew was not what he was going for. And as you start to do the things like, what don't you want? So if you don't want to be uh, attracting certain personality types in your life for relationships, whether it be romantic, business-wise, friendship-wise, family-wise or whatever, Start with what you don't want. If you are trying to um, attract your future, your livelihood, get really clear on what you don't want, what you're done with, what you will not accept. And you will start to see that what you do want, that goal, that victory in mind starts to take shape. And once it starts to take shape, then you're able to fully form it and then that is when you can start to reverse engineer. So to reverse engineer means that once you have what I want in mind, you don't have to uh, write down every little jot and tittle of what it would take to get started because a lot of you are going to figure out, oh, I want this, but I don't know how to get started. So the first thing that I want you to do when you're reverse engineering is to look at what it is that you want and figure out, is it the who or the what? Meaning, are you currently qualified to even start getting this? Or do you need to figure out the who can help you? 
And for a lot of people, this stumps you. I know it does. I get these questions all the time. Michelle, how did you learn to do this? Michelle, how did you learn to do that? And it's because I'm telling you what I do, not what I say. When there's something I want to achieve and I don't feel qualified or Google is not going to help me, YouTube is not going to help me, I then start to look for the who. Now, that who could possibly be someone that you outsource to or hire to do it for you, or that who could be someone who is willing to mentor, train you, um, or give you sage advice. And be prepared to pay for this. Y'all, don't don't expect people to give you their treasures for nothing in exchange. Don't do that. All right. So to reverse engineer, start with working backward to qualify. Do I understand how to do this step? Do I have what it takes at this moment to get to this goal? And like I said, for a lot, the answer is going to be no. So then you start to figure out the who and not the how. That's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of frustration. Um, When I started doing this in writing my books, this is how I started to figure out the other characters that my main character would need to either consult or have uh, the relationships that they would have to have. And wink, wink, this is going to come up in a minute. Um, But I started figuring out that some of the biggest teachers are either people or things that obstruct you from getting to that goal, namely villains and obstacles. But we'll talk about that in just a sec, all right? So let's keep it moving because my time is moving. All right, so making a map full of rough terrain. In the book world, for me, this is usually going to be how I build my worlds out. And everything should not be lollipops and fantasy because that's just not realistic, even if you're writing like I do in fantasy and science fiction worlds. So in your own life, do this. One of the things that I thought was very profound and powerful, um, uh, Morgan Housel, I've I've given him shout outs many, many times. Uh, You can find him over at thecollaborativefund.com or follow him. Great uh, financial thinker. And I love the way his mind works. Uh, But he talked about maps and how people get maps confused. They believe that the map is the actual representation of the journey. And at best, the map is the optimal interpretation of the journey. And I've I've taken that to heart and incorporated it in my novel uh, plot construction. I've incorporated it into the way I go about things that I want to do. And it's given me a bit of mercy and grace to just even make that change. And so Be willing to make sure that your map is full of rough terrain. Be willing to know what happens when I fall down here. What happens when I encounter an unexpected mountain, mosh pit, swampland, quicksand, uh, unexpected, unchartered, um, unswimmable uh, piece of or or, or, uh, uh, body of water with no bridge? Do I need to learn how to build a bridge or do I need to go around? All of those things, when you create a map of your plan, making sure that you understand it will be rough terrain, it's going to help you. Now, why rough terrain, Michelle? Rough terrain, because guess what? Your journey is usually going to be your journey. And it's going to mean that nobody has transversed it exactly the way you're going to. Sure. I hear many people say, I'm going to I'm going to be a trader uh, like Warren Buffett. 
And then they set out on this quest and then they get waylaid by mountains of uh, capital that you need to come up with to be able to trade on that level. They come up with those who are smarter, who go harder, who can outmaneuver you faster, who have better tools that cost a lot of money. And you're like, I can't do this. And like, you know what? This is simply your swampland that you got to trudge through. And rough terrain also looks like this. Uh, if you can't get the um, metaphor that I'm using, just remember this, that rough terrain is actually a lot of times a learning curve. What is the gulf between what you know and what you must know to get your uh, goal? It's also the uh, conditioning of your body, your mind, what it takes for you to be able to be proficient in doing that. And, and think about it. What if you say, I want to have a bakery, a patisserie, and I want it to be Michelin starred or whatever. I don't know if that's possible for a bakery alone, but you get the gist. And you've been, ba you've been tearing it up at home on Instagram. But then you get in and you realize that you've really been a home cook. And now you need, in order to compete commercially, you really need to become a pastry chef. There is a learning curve between being really good at making stuff pretty at home and being really good at not only making it pretty, but mass producing it in a bakery. That's where a chef comes in. And so the learning curve, the conditioning, and the last one, I just touched on it if you caught it, is learning how to deal with the scale and the mass of your endeavor. Most people don't realize that when you say, I'm going to have this victory, I'm going to obtain, obtain this, and I'm going to go on this journey. When they start out, it never looks the way it's supposed to. If you look at an actual map and look in the corner, they're going to be a little, they're going to be some things there that the average cartographer is going to make sure they put in there if they're good at their job of making a map. And that is going to be, they're going to tell you the scale of the map. Remember when I said a lot of people look at a map and think, oh, this is the actual journey? Well, if you fail to realize that one inch is equivalent to 10 miles or 100 miles, you're going to be sorely underprepared and overwhelmed when you start the actual journey. So be ready to understand the mass. How big is this thing supposed to be? What is it really going to take to pull it off? And then the scale. So when I talk to uh, my, my writing students about how to market, how to work with your book to not only sell it to your fans, but then how to sell it to make that money, we talk about this concept. It's a marketing concept. And you can, of course, you can find it in different disciplines, but I know it in this route. How do you scale up what you're doing? And to scale up means that you're able to reach more people without diminishing the quality of what it is. And going back to my metaphor of the, uh, of the pastry chef, pastry chefs understand that you can't just double a recipe to make it uh, the same quality as you did when you were at the home. 
You have to uh, learn how certain larger quantities and amounts chemically react with each other so that when you make the larger batches, that tastes just like if you made it in a small batch at home. Because sometimes if you add this much salt to a recipe, that salt is, is so big of an amount that it can permeate the whole thing and turn it into something completely different and on and on and on. Okay, I don't want to get in the weeds in that. I think you understand now what we're talking about when we say make the map full of uh, rough terrain. So that's your learning curve, conditioning, what you got to do and become, how uh, sleek or agile or whatever it is, and then learning how to understand the mass or how big is this thing really that you're getting into too many times people start off and don't realize that they've bitten off more than they can chew because they didn't understand the massive scale of what they're doing and the scale how to continue doing what you're doing without losing the quality all right so the next one is plan for the plan to fail again and again yeah i said it when you plan for the plan to fail again and again, what we're talking about is we are actually talking about you going through the try-fail cycle. When I write a novel, um, you don't just give, or even if you don't read books, if you do um, video games, it's the same thing. It's called the try-fail cycle. And you don't just give your character or your player what they want on the first try. You have to make them earn it. You have to make them grind for it. This is what that means when we talk about plan for the plan to fail again and again. What is the try-fail cycle that you're willing to go through to get what you want? What is it going to be? What's your breaking point where you say, oh, this is not worth it? If you get realistic with yourself at the beginning and you plan for that, oh, you're going to be golden because that will allow you to have variations of what you need to do to get back on course of what you need to do to keep going of what it looks like to know that this is not a wash that this is not unredeemable that this is not something that you need to leave alone and pick up something else all right so next plan on a budget and then expand it uh when i am looking at deadlines i don't try to put myself on punitive deadlines anymore because of this very thing that I've learned. And that is that whatever monies, whatever time you are trying to go for, you need to make like uh, construction uh, project managers and plan on expanding it. I'm going to talk about that in just a second with the contingency plan. But understand that you need to explore the required energy. Mm-hmm the resources and the time needed. And these are just the top three. There are so many more. When you're talking about energy and resources, you're talking about not only the materials, you're talking about the uh, energy of your time, of your expenditure. What happens if you planned on achieving this in 18 months and lo and behold, uh, things happen. Somebody gets pregnant in the family. It could be you or your spouse or a, a son or daughter or mother or whatever those are going to put wrenches in your cycle, whether you want to believe it or not. And so having this plan to fail again and again uh, will help you when you plan your budget because you'll understand from the rip that even if with my best quotes that I've said, oh, it's going to require this much energy, this many resources, this much time, this many people, no. And that brings me to creating a contingency plan. 
Uh, I took a course on how to build houses one time when I was thinking about um, having my own commissioned. And I kind of sort of did that and it helped me. And one of the the rules of thumb that uh, construction project managers do is they have a contingency plan where they have their budget and then they have a 6X, meaning that they actually put in six times what they need on certain things that always run over. And that is energy, resources, and time. All right. So I learned that and I incorporated that when I started to write books, meaning that if I had my character wanting to get to something and they are giving themselves um, a day, it could possibly take a week. You know, just simple things. And when you say it like that, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. It makes sense. Why don't we do that when we're wanting to get our victories? Why do we say, oh, I'm going to, it used to be, oh, I'm going to go to school in four years and then I'm going to be able to do this. And then only to, to realize that that four years turned into two decades and you're still trying to get there and you're you're thinking you're a failure when you're not. It's just that you didn't have your, you didn't have a good idea of what that took. And so because of that 6X that I learned, the contingency plan is this. And that is that to be aware of that 6X doesn't mean that you have to lay down and take it. Oh, no. It means that you start to learn to maneuver so that you can always be reducing that 6X that you put in there uh, as much as possible. And when I was writing, I learned that I should allow for the villains to succeed and then allow for how to counter, how to learn, how to fight against the villains, against the obstacles, the acts of God, if you will, and to be alert. Now, this is a big one, you guys. Please listen to this one with your contingency plan. Be alert of all those sidetracks, of all of those things that take you off your path to getting to what you want. They are so interesting, and usually they are highly dopamine um uh, infused, meaning that they feel wonderful. Um, if you're thinking about, well, what does this mean? Uh, Wizard of Oz, poppy seed fields. That is a distraction. That is a sidetrack. Those poppy seed fields were put there as an obstacle to get you to fall asleep before you get to the end of the journey, before you get to the victory, to the goal. So be aware of that and be aware of the villains and the obstacles and how you will encounter them and counter them. And the first thing to do is to make sure that you be alert because when you expect them, you see them. All right. So the next one is test for proof of concept. Well, what does that mean, Michelle? That means go out and do a smaller, a smidgen version of it. I work with um, a lot of people who want to write and I love working with people who are trying to write their first books or people who have written a lot of books and have become stale, lost their mojo or whatever. And the reason why I like to work with them is because we get to guess what? Scale it back. So remember I talked about scale of mass? Ha 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 ha. It comes back around. And to test your proof of concept is to test it in a smaller uh, vein. You would, you would be amazed at how hard it is to pull back, to pull back on that massive, huge vision and do a little something. But to test your proof of concept means that you find your pace. You find your wheelhouse of productivity. A lot of us, I know I can speak for myself and a lot of people I've encountered, a lot of us find that we get overly optimistic what, what we're able to accomplish and do. This will help you to figure out what is your real productivity? How much can you really produce in a given uh, time frame with a certain amount of resources and the energy and expertise that you have? And 
This, now this, put an asterisk here, you guys. This helps you to learn where your optimism turns into delusion. That's a big one, all right? I think that's said. Once you've tested the proof of concept and it's a go, then it's time to do the work. And that's the self-explanatory. So I want to get to these last two in our last few minutes together because this is where the danger is. You know, say, for instance, you've pulled off all of this. You've done your test run. You've expanded um, your concept of understanding how to scale and mass it. You know what it takes and and all of that. This is now, it's, it's time once you start doing that work to take that moment when it's time to review the progress that you've made, look at the takeaways you've learned and the failures you've encountered. And the reason why I say that this is important is because this is where I'm going to say beware. And this is a danger area because too many people don't realize what it takes to keep going and they think it's a wash. They think that this is a failure when this is the best possible journey, quest, and heroic act to get to the victory you'll ever have. But because you don't take this time to look and take a hard look at the at the stuff that's not flattering, at the stuff that didn't work, at how you might have missed the mark, people scrap it. So don't do that. So like I said, this is a danger area. A lot of folks want to walk away and uh, they want to scrap it. And also, here's another one. A lot of people take a lot of hits and a lot of falls. And it's hard to get back on the horse once you've fallen because you know that pain. What Whether it has been, say for instance, you have been taken to the cleaners in an investment and you've been responsible, let's see, uh, friends, or fr- uh, friends and family followed you into this investment and they all lost their shirts. And now a new investment comes up and you're like, I'm scared. I don't want to. And all of this. This is when if you go back and you review the takeaways, the failures, and the progress you made when you did lose your shirt, you'll possibly be able to see how to get back on the horse and learn. And the next thing is, is this is what I call your cycle. I did a podcast about that. And to cycle means that you start, you have a bit of success, and then you fail. Uh Uh-huh. That's a cycle. So this is one of your cycles. But you know what you need to do? Is you must get back up and cycle again and get and this will get you to the next step. And that is to update now that you've done this review to get back on this horse and start again. Understand this, you guys. Refinement takes just as long, if not longer than the initial effort. Don't rush or give up. One of the things that any uh, active writer will tell you is that the edits and the revision a lot of times take longer to do than it took to write the book. Because this is where sometimes you're polishing a brick. (laughs) Sometimes you're actually having to rewrite and make it work and go back to that uh, map and put in the known um, rough terrain that you now have to circumvent and plan for and be ready to do this over and over again. And so you guys, this is how you can realistically plot and obtain victories in your life. Understand that you're going to have them whether you plan for them or not. So why why not go on and plan for them? Why not go on and use wisdom's way that makes it where you understand that even in the failure, you're succeeding. And that failure is simply the tuition you pay for success.
So guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Hey, send me a note if there's something you'd like for me to cover. And as always, know that you know that wisdom will keep you out of tough areas. So thank you for listening and I will see you soon. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.